0: I'm delighted to welcome back the very lovely Maria Morrissey uh, with a new hairdo,
1: fabulous hair hey, Maria, gorgeous. Thank you, yeah, I thought I'd get a, a bit of a change and celebrate the release date, which is today, funnily enough, an um, official release date, so I have the book here, which agree. is available now.
0: Right, so for the audio listeners, um, Maria's holding up her book, The Grieving Grateful Widow, which came out on Amazon uh, today, which is the 21st of May, 2021, and um, you've got it as a Kindle book and uh, a paperback, haven't you, Maria?
1: I have, yes. Some of the people who ordered the paperback were extremely lucky because they ended up receiving their copies early because we released it a little bit early for delivery. So the people who had ordered pre-ordered Kindle books will be getting their copies through today on their devices, which is really exciting. I know there's a lot of people been waiting for that.
0: Fabulous. So this is there a, a brief overview of the story of the
1: Grieving Grateful Widow? Yep. so it's a tr- uh, based on true events. So it's a psychological thriller. It's about a lady, myself, Um, who had been in a relationship with a man that she absolutely adored, thought he was the man of her dreams, and when he was diagnosed with terminal cancer, her world started to fall apart. She nursed him through cancer, and then after her husband passed away, my husband passed away, what happened was she found out that the husband that she thought she knew didn't actually exist, and that everything that he'd ever told her was untrue. And this wasn't just a case of telling lies, this was a case of this man was very, very dark, involved in some very dark things, and she started to uncover some very dark, sinister secrets about, about her husband, but only once he'd, he'd passed away. So the book really goes through and what she found out, you know, what happened along the way, and it's a bit of a an emotional roller coaster really.
0: Mm-hmm. Have, having uh, read it myself, it's just, it's fascinating. You know, I I had one of those kind of injuries, once you pick it up, you can know, it down. Um there's there's various examples in the story of um what your husband did, but well, you thought at the time well, you didn't take anything off it. And then other situations where you've looked back and thought, oh, that's not normal, is it? And, and I believe you've you had counseling and, and um, PTSD as a result of that have happened. It's really quite serious, doesn't it, when you, when you look back, but at the time you didn't realize, you just thought that was a normal kind of way, way to live.
1: Yeah. yeah. When you're involved with an abuser who's very intelligent, very manipulative, they can be abusing you without you even realizing you're being abused. So along the way, there was times that things didn't sit right with me, things that I questioned. But my husband had a way of proving to me, if you like, that everything that I was thinking, everything that I was suspicious of was in my head. And to the point that I ended up being sent for therapy because apparently I was paranoid. And it turned out that everything that I was so-called paranoid about was actually real and it was happening but along with that you know that was really just the start of things because after he passed away I started thinking back and looking at so many situations and things like money so although my husband was controlling all the money and he was financially abusing me he did it in such a nice way that I didn't even see that as abuse it it was done so carefully that I always thought everything was in our best interest my best interest and it's only later when I look back at so many different things I can see this whole pattern of domestic abuse That you know when I was in that you know I I was heartbroken that my husband was, was you know terminally ill I thought I was losing this amazing man so it's pretty obvious I didn't think I was an abused wife at the at the time, and because things are so subtle and done over such a, a long long period of time that sometimes like say you don't even realize you're in it and it's like pulling everything apart and looking at your life afterwards and realizing that the life you were you were living none of it was real. it was all like an illusion and in fact, I was um, a domestic abuse victim again, which It's not something that I thought could happen to me because I have been there, I've met many bad people over the years and I have been in some serious domestic abuse situations, but my husband was a totally different package, totally a world away from from these other abusers, never seen anybody like this before. So it never looked like abuse. You know, for example, I had, one relationship I was in for four years, and that was very serious domestic abuse. And that ranged from emotional abuse, gaslighting, and physical abuse. But I always knew after a short space of time that that person was abusing me, but I just felt trapped and couldn't get out of it. But the lengths that he would go to, I mean, here's an example of gaslighting. My ex-partner, the father uh, of my child, he used to work across the road from where I lived. And what started happening, I would be in my bedroom and I might be brushing my hair or doing something and I would feel things hit me on the arm and I'd be looking around thinking, what on earth was that? And then I was thinking, did he imagine that? What was it? And I, this kept going every day for, for probably a couple of weeks. And I started saying to my partner, I don't know what, you know, I think maybe the house is haunted or something because, you know, I, I keep feeling these things hitting me. And he said, you're right weirdo you are, you know. You, you've got to be imagining that. When you're in the house on your own, how on earth can you say that things are hitting you? What could be hitting you? I said, I don't know. I, I just feel things t- touch me and, and hit me. And then I also started noticing penlids lying around the floor when I was hoovering they were under the bed and I was thinking where are all these pen lids coming from and it was only after about two weeks that one day I spun around quick enough when I felt something hit me and I turned around and it was my partner stood outside at the top of the stairs looking into my bedroom throwing pen lids at me and When I caught him, he he was laughing his head off and saying, oh, you've finally caught me now. And I said, what on earth have you been doing? I've been telling you about this for two weeks. And he was laughing and said, oh, I thought it'd be funny and see how long it went on for. And Well, not really very funny when you were telling me that I was going crazy. I was imagining things. But what I couldn't get my head around was that actual plan. Who one day wakes up and says, I've got an idea. I'm going to go home at lunchtime or throughout different times of the day, nip across the road, go home and throw penless at my other half and make her think that she's going crazy. How does someone even think about it? It's it's absolutely bizarre. And that was a classic, classic side of, of gaslighting. But in that relationship, I always knew. You know, he was physically violent. He was emotionally um, abusive. So I knew, I knew all that. I knew that after three months and I was with, stuck in that for four years until I had the guts to, to go. So that's the, the difference. And I think by telling somebody that you meet later on in life about these people, if they're similar to these people, they're going to use that against you and they will mould themselves into somebody who doesn't look like that And they'll also use your past against you. You know, I I get that a lot where people say, you know, don't tar me with the same brush as this person. You've got all these bad memories, so you're not gonna trust anybody. You're gonna be like this, you're gonna be like that. But I'm actually considering everything a very trusting person. And I try and give everybody a chance because it isn't fair to go around and tar people with the same brush. However, You know, my spidey senses work a lot better these days. And I do find myself now still having these bad men drawn to me. And I find that I can see it now. I've finally got to a point in my life where things do set off alarm bells with me. I met one guy, I went on one date with him, and it was like being on a game show. Mm. Everything came out of his mouth, ding, Mm. ding and it was like the game show adding up all the things that were wrong, all these red flags all the way through and by the end of the night if I'd have added them up he'd have had a really big score to be honest and it was brilliant because I said wow, look at that I've worked this guy out in an hour or two and I know I'll never go near this guy again because he's got serious serious issues and you know I've met I probably met two or three now um since my husband passed away and you know I've even had people say to me oh you're paranoid you know this is in your head that's in your head and they're all trigger words for me mm-hmm. when somebody tells you that what you're seeing around you is in your head and you know for a fact it isn't that is a very dangerous path to start walking down that's in your head you're damaged you've got you know, you're living in the past, you're trying to tar me with that brush. And when people start going down that route and they do things like this to you, Mm. something wrong with you, there's something in your head. Do you know what? That is just another, another reincarnation, if you like, of my husband. And it does not take me long to work them out. So they might think they're clever now, these psychopaths, these narcissists, these sociopaths, but they're not. And bring them on because I'm ready for any of them now. And I will spot them a mile out. It's getting quicker and quicker now that I weed these people out. So they might come into my life, but they're gonna be like passing cars in and out. I'll give them a chance like I give anyone. And, you know, and never prejudge anybody. I give everybody the same chance. But if they're showing me the same thing, she can't tell me, well, don't you? par me with the side of your husband if they're behaving like my husband. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've only got certain things to work with here. And I've realized that in the past I've not trusted my gut feeling and I've ignored it. And it's got me in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm right or wrong, if my gut feeling tells me I'm right about you and yes you're an narcissist, yes you're a sociopath, yes you're a psychopath and you're behaving in a way that makes me feel very uncomfortable, then yes, I will. I'll tie you with that brush. I'll send you on your way. And, you know, you crack on with your life and I'll crack on with mine and wait for the next psychopath to walk in the door so that I can deal with them also. Um, But, you know, there's that film, isn't there? Sixth Sense where people say, that little boy, and he goes, I see dead people. I've got that power. I don't see dead people, but I go around going, I see psychopaths." (laughs) So, you know, I have a special gift now and and I didn't know how to use it before. Uh, I believe they've all been sent to me for a reason and we're all on a journey for a reason. And I'm fully trained now. I think I've got my certificate and uh, I've passed the grade, so I'm fully qualified now. To find these psychopaths, sociopaths, narcissists, so bring them on. So they're no match for me anymore, and that's a really good feeling, knowing that these people cannot walk through into my life mm. and put them all over my eyes. Not happening mm. ever again. It's absolutely brilliant to, to feel like that. It, it's a lovely feeling.
0: Very empowering. And what you were saying about following your intuition is so so true. I, I'm telling that people literally every day health your health and well-being you know your body so when you know the feelings in your body are different to usual so with your with your newfound gift where the psycho alert or something i don't know what to call it but um, if this is kind of um awareness isn't being true and not being authentic and you can even come out a mile off um so your body will feel differently won't it and when you are aware of your body, what's normal, what's not normal, what's nice feeling, what's not nice feeling, then you can do something about it. So exactly the same. It's our health and our wellness, our mental health, our body, body physical health is all connected. isn't it? But so that must all of this must have a
1: tremendous effect on your, on your health career.
0: How 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 have you been
1: affected? So, um, so my health um is improving at the moment. And you know I've I've, I've had re- reactive depression PTSD which I'm still dealing with. So with the PTSD, that's kind of where you get flashbacks of certain situations where you feel like you're back in that situation. And um, with myself, there's flashbacks that come back to me. Some are of things that have happened, and some are things that it's hard it's hard to, to to say really. Some some of the scenarios are things that you remember that happened that you weren't scared of when they happened, mm-hmm. but now you know the full picture. Mm-hmm. It it can really keep you awake at night. And you know, I've had people say to me about my husband, a lot of people have said, Wow, you know, do you think you think he might have killed you? And mm-hmm once that realisation came in that yeah I'm 99% sure that had he been alive, had he uncovered things, yeah he would have done Mm -hmm. and then that brings me back to situations that weren't right at the time, however I didn't realise the danger I was in at the time, so that can sort of um, start that panic process but the majority of the, the flashbacks involve things like that the day my husband died. You know, it, it was, you know, you'll, you'll, if you've read that part of the book or whatever, read the book, it, it is, it's horrendous. And I could never put it in words how horrendous that day was. And I wasn't prepared for, for any of those things. And the noises, you know, the sounds my husband made, the, the look on his face, the things that went on that day, I will never, ever forget. And I go back to that day with the flashbacks and it's that whole sheer panic. I can't do anything, everything's out of control. It's like being on the top of a roller coaster and saying, I wanna get off, but you know, there's no way, but but down. And when my husband um, had cancer, and I know some people get this, some people don't, some people can actually smell cancer. Mm -hmm. And I never knew that I was one of those people until my husband had mm-hmm. cancer. And you can, you can really, really smell it. And it's it's a smell that's indescribable. All I can say is it's like a, an ill smell and it, it's like something on the on the skin. And, you know, I can have scenarios where I, I go back there, I can smell that. I can smell that smell It's if he's there in the room. And when I get the flashback of that day he died, I get the smells, I get the sounds, I get the horror of it all and your heart's racing and it's 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 like somebody's mm-hmm. put you back there. For so that moment you are back there and it's all replaying, it's all happening again and it's just sheer panic, your heart's going, you, you're just absolutely mm-hmm. panicking. So there's that side of things which be honest only really sort of caught me at night which is why I think I'm not a very well I've never really been a very good sleeper no wonder with the life I've had mm-hmm. but I do find that I can preoccupy my mind a lot in the day and it's at night when you have nothing going on there's no you know you don't have the television on or you don't have something to in the background that is when all these thoughts creep in so this is when I may get The flashbacks of things that have have happened or I might start getting these feelings of what could have happened you know I've had terrible terrible nightmares I've had nightmares that are so real you would you would swear that he was there in the room with you and it's weird because when he was alive I would have never ever thought he he could hurt me but now I know that it's weird my dreams make it that he comes back and even though he's very frail, he's very ill, he's very weak, in my dream, he knows I'm on to him. Mm. And I've had to put him stood at the end of bed. And it, and I've actually woke up, you know, in a sweat, panicking, because it's like he's stood at the end of, of the bed about to get me. And I'm absolutely terrified in that moment, even though when he was actually alive, I, I was never terrified of him, I wasn't scared of him at all. And it, it's weird, because your mind is processing stuff and what it does with memories you'll start getting all your dreams while you, you know you, your mind is sorting things out it has to take things process them and put them in a the filing cabinet so it's like you've got the monkey in your brain and they're going through all the files in the middle of the night and they're going right we'll put this one here we'll put this one here you might not have been even looking at that file or paying any attention to it but while you're asleep the monkey thinks he's doing you a favor and he's He's tidying up and he's getting these files and he's saying, Oh, you don't you need this one, you don't need this one, and he's filing them away for you. So that disturbance of that process brings everything to the surface. So your subconscious, then when you're asleep, is throwing things out there that you've avoided because you know it's all been sort of dealt with in your subconscious. So it does get brought to the surface.
0: It's very interesting, Maria. Very interesting. We could we could uh, listen to you for ages, but uh, the the um the ideal thing is for people to go out and buy the book, and they can uh, read for themselves um, what you've been through, but also how it how it might make them realise that perhaps they're in a um, disturbing relationship that they haven't haven't picked up. Um, so where can people get hold of the
1: the book? So it's on Amazon. So you can can buy it on Amazon Kindle, or you can order paperback. I am looking into other options of getting it into bookstores, but the quickest, easiest way, as you know, is for self-publishing especially, is to to go through Amazon. So that's kind of where I'm up to at the moment. I am looking into other outlets, but yeah, Amazon. So if you go on Amazon, you can uh, find the link on Maria Morris's page. Or if you type in The Grieving Grateful Widow on Amazon by Maria Morrissey, they'll find the link there as well.
0: Fabulous. Thank you very much um, for your time today, Maria. Just to um, remind people, when is the book signing that you're having?
1: So, yep. Yeah, so anybody who's got a paperback who can get down to Preston on the 19th of June, we're having a book signing there at Reps Gym. So that's Reps Gym in Preston. And that's between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. So please, if you want to meet me and have your book signed, I'd be delighted to meet as many people as possible. Come down, have a cupcake, have a little glass of Prosecco and get your book signed at Reps Gym on the 19th of June. Marvellous. Thank you very much, Maria. Best of luck. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you.